Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are being joined by one of our very favorite people in the industry, Gino Stampora. I am your host, Annie MacArthur, and I have my co-host with me today, Aaron Gray. So we'll get right into it. Welcome, Gino. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I actually, I contribute Gino to like a little piece of kind of helping start hair nerds um, a million years ago because, you know, I've always talked about how my time at Taylor Andrews was so really influential for me. I'd been in the industry, but then being around people um, like Larry and and the people that he brought into the school um, to speak to our students really changed my perspective of like the larger side of the industry. And that's actually where I met, you know, was at Taylor Andrews in Utah um, during my time there. And he did a, um, you know, he did, he did his, his speaking engagement for the students, but he also did something special for the staff and educators. And it was so inspiring to me. And I immediately thought like, okay, I think I'm ready to like move into like the next chapter. And truly a year later, um, the hair nurse was born. So congratulations on being an honorary hair nurse, Gina. You started it, you didn't even know. (laughs) You made my day. That's very, (laughs) very exciting. And it's always been uh, fun over the years to be able to make a contribution and, you know, get behind the of a big show and just chat for a minute about what's working, what's not, where the industry is going. And I'll tell you, I, uh, I I love Larry so much. And I love that school. I love having mm-hmm. an opportunity to work there. I will be sharing the stage with Larry at Beacon uh, mm-hmm. the beginning of next month. Yeah. Well, and Beacon's such a great program. Uh, that program rocks. It's It has become, let's see, this is my 25th year as the facilitator and That's this crazy. year my good friend and assistant fallon miralt is going to be speaking for an hour and i met fallon she was in the audience at beacon uh eight years ago and i went down to her and i said i've been watching you she's helping people get arranged and helping people set up their their areas and giving people pencils and pens and i said you and I are going to be friends forever. And we have been. And she became my assistant and followed me to when we had all the shows that we used to have that we don't Mm -hmm. have anymore. Um, She would come with me to all the shows and help me sell my CDs and downloads and stuff and intro. and, And she's just wonderful. What do you think the biggest thing that students get out of Beacon is? Well, and tell us a little bit about Beacon for people who are not, um, you know, Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Beacon is put on by the Professional Beauty Association. It's a two and a half day special event that they have to earn the right to come. They have to write a paper. It's been different all the time, but they have to do something to earn the scholarship. And and I think uh, what's different about it, Aaron, is that that they it's an opportunity for the students to really get their eyes open to what our industry is and how big it is and and how much greatness there is and how many great people there are out there. And it's really a, a nice opportunity. They get to go home and, and talk to the instructors about people that they met that the instructors wish they had met, you know, yeah. their mm-hmm. whole lives. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool because I think when you, it's very easy to feel like, uh, the beauty industry 
is your is your academy. It's your school. And then when you get out, the beauty industry becomes your salon. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're, we're so much more than that. We're 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 over a million beauty professionals in hundreds and thousands of salons that do so much for, you know, everybody for the public. Yeah. That's such a great way of putting that. Yeah. Cause it, it's true. So many people I think get stuck in the, the smaller worlds that they create for themselves of school and then the salon, and they don't ever get to see the bigger picture, which I know is something so incredibly important to Aaron and myself is mm-hmm. kind of expanding the the knowledge and the awareness of what there is in the professional beauty so much more than just your backyard. Of course. Yeah. I remember uh, many, many years ago, one of my larger salons that I owned, uh, I was doing real well for two product companies and they both came to me and said, we'd like you to be an educator. And I said, oh my goodness, I I have no idea. I I don't (laughs) think I could ever do that. You mean get in front of people and talk? And I had no idea that there was so much more opportunity, you know, in in the industry. And and one of them offered to send me to uh, uh, Dale Carnegie to learn how to speak. And I really enjoyed that. And so after Dale Carnegie, hell, I, I started doing in-salon education for just a year or two. And then within two years, I could have been booked 365 days a year. And a lot of people say, wait, no, you, you can't book 365. You know, what about Christmas? Well, you can go to Canada. <laughs> there you go. This is the day later, you know, you can go to Europe. <laughs> they don't celebrate July 4th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know, give us rundown of your of your history of your career for anybody who maybe isn't aware sure Uh, i became a hairdresser in 1975 believe it or not Mm -hmm. and uh i've been just crazy nuts ever since then in in 1979 i opened my first a salon in 1981, I opened another. In 1983, I opened another. In wow. 1985, I had a, a beauty school. Um, so in 85, I had three salons and a beauty school and about 200 employees. Really, one, 200 of the best employees you could ever imagine yeah. possible. Right around uh, 1988, I became an educator. And by 1990, I was keynoting all of the major shows, pretty much yeah. whatever I whatever I wanted to do. And then uh, uh, in 92, I sold my salons to my staff and closed one and then decided to become a full-time educator, both at the shows, because at that time there was salon-centric and uh, mm-hmm. beauty systems group and the, the bigger shows, uh, the ABS and the IBS, right. and I was doing all of them. So I pretty much was full-time on the road for, for years, pretty much right up until COVID. And then when COVID came, I thought, wow, it, it, it's so nice to be home. Oh it, gosh. Yeah, it's really it. So I've had a hard time uh, getting back on the road again. You know, I yeah. like, I've gotten 10 times better on my guitar. I get to play every day. <laughs> my dog and I are so much in love now because I'm, I'm with her every day. Yeah. But that's pretty much the rundown. And and I'll tell you girls, it's been uh it's been a great journey. I've, I've, I think the one thing I probably did better than most and better than I ever imagined, I've always surrounded myself with people that 
that demand more from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a difference. You know, if if you're with people that are really not just hold you accountable, but really ask you to stretch and try to yeah. become more. Mm-hmm. I think that really makes a difference. And interestingly, I forget if it was Annie, you or Aaron. Oh, Aaron, you mentioned uh, the thought about being inspired. I worked for the Visible Changes Company in Houston, and they're maybe 20 at the time, 25 salons. And they had a guy come in to speak named Mike Vance. And Mike was the director of Disney University. And Mike blew my mind. Mike said one thing to me that I've never forgotten that I use all the time that just floored me. And it was, what do you think you could become if you became aware of your complete potential? And it's interesting because our industry it's really not hard to do good. It's hard to do great, but it's really not hard to do good. And I really had fallen into, uh, I was full of myself. I was happy with good. I thought I was the coolest guy in the world. I had great employees. I was making great money. I had great salons, but then I put the push on after Mike Vance. I really decided I'm going to be the Mike Vance of the beauty industry. I want to speak and inspire people and and just make people aware of the the opportunities we have in this industry are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You're basically gearing your uh, podcast toward students and and uh, and new professionals. And I think it's just, gosh, the greatest time ever to get involved in the beauty industry. We're valued yeah. more today than we've ever been. There's more opportunity. There's young people out there making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, You know, I yes. mean, it's just, it's changed quite a bit, but it really is uh, not just the greatest time, but the, the amount of opportunity. However, you do have to push yourself. I mean, uh-huh. it's the same thing as beauty school. A lot, a lot of people go to beauty school and they allow it to become mundane and boring. And you can't uh-huh. do that. You you have to find a way to make it work from, from start to end and, you know, put your heart into it. Absolutely. That's definitely one of the pieces of advice we give to students all the time is beauty school is 100% what you make it and you have show up show up. Mm-hmm. You are paying for them. <laughs> like yeah. treat it like the $20,000 that you're paying to be there and get yeah. every single thing you can out of it. So when a guest artist like Gino shows up at your school and is speaking, like go in with an open mind and be ready to learn because Gino, you do, I mean, it's, I can't think of a school you haven't been to, right? Like you were, you're at a ton yeah. of schools. Yeah. yeah, I have. I have. I, I met a lady uh, not too long ago at, uh, at the uh, supermarket because now I can do food shopping and everything. And uh, <laughs> she mentioned that she was from Kansas. And I said, oh, wow, I, I like Kansas. And she said, have you been there? I said, oh, yeah, I've been everywhere. And she said, I said, where are you from? She goes, oh, a little town. You wouldn't know it. And I said, is there a hair salon there? And yeah. she said, yes. I said, then I, I would know. You know <laughs> where is she goes, Salina. I said, I know Salina and I know the the, the the two great salons that are in Salina. Yeah, I've been to, well, I, I, I feel like going to the schools is, is so important because a lot of students get lost in school. Mm-hmm. I know I did. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I was never good at beauty. My mannequin always looked terrible. I was bad with hair color. I mean, the only thing I was good with was back when I was in beauty school, it was all old ladies. And I know how to charm old ladies. So the old, <laughs> the old ladies loved me and they didn't care what I did to their hair. And that's when I learned that, you know, you don't even have to be talented to do well in beauty. You just yeah. have to be nice. And if mm-hmm. you're nice yeah. enough, they'll even let you be bad on them until you get good. <laughs> they'll still come back. So a lot of people, especially students, when they when they begin to have that self-doubt, you know, maybe maybe it's not for me, or maybe I can't do it, or maybe I can't make it. Uh, don't think like that. You know, first of all, I think that the 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 greatest reason that I'm as successful as I am with students and with salons all over the world is I've always had a a unique belief that every person has greatness within them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the beauty industry, my place, you know, my skin is all about helping people see the greatness and helping them bring that greatness out. So for the students, it's wonderful. You know, it's outstanding. Do you know what would be like your best piece of advice for a student? Maybe a student who's struggling right now and just isn't sure. Maybe they made a mistake. Maybe mom and dad were right. And this isn't a real job. Um, What would you tell that student? I would tell them, first of all, this is the greatest job that ever existed. There's no place you're going to work where when, when you go to work in the beauty industry, they don't tell you what to listen to. You get to listen to rock and roll or country music all day long. No one tells you how to dress. No one tells you how to do your hair or, or your skin or your nails. I mean, you're you're very much on your own. It's not hard to build a clientele as long as you're friendly. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest piece of advice would be to, even when you don't believe in yourself, believe in yourself. There is greatness within you, and you have to find that place to to, to kind of bring that greatness out. I One of the things I try to tell students when I'm in their academies is some of you might need to apologize to your instructors. Maybe you haven't taken this as seriously as they did. So mm-hmm. maybe you go back to them when I leave and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, I want to be great. You know, a lot of times people don't realize a great student becomes a great beauty professional. So it really does start in beauty school, that that foundation, you know, making sure. I mean, I used to call the schools all the time looking for employees, and I would only ask a few questions. Did they come to school on time? That's first, because if they're going to be late in school, they're going to be late at work, they're going to mm-hmm. be late for everything. Mm-hmm. The second question was, did they get along with everyone? Because you're in a world in beauty where the first thing I tell the people at Beacon, and and I know you guys have seen me, I'm friends with every other person on that stage. I've known some of them like Larry Curtis. I've known known Larry for 30 years. I've known many of the people that are going to be on our stage in Beacon for for we've been they've stayed at my house we, we you know we are all about relationships our industry so you really have to number two get along with everybody and then the third thing i always ask is did they have a good attitude mm-hmm. because i can't train for attitude i can teach you how to look good i can teach you how to do a haircut but i can't teach you how to have that that attitude so i think a, a lot of students what they need to hear is we all have self-doubt. You know, we we all wonder if we're on the right path or on the right track. Every 
day. You know, we all have doubt that follows us around that that mm-hmm. if we let it can can get into our heads and and make us crazy. But you have to fight those things. And I think if you have a deep enough passion, uh, see, my probably good luck charm was um, I've had a love affair with the beauty industry since the first day I went to beauty school. I loved everything about it. All the girls and all the stuff they gave you, the mannequin, the blow dryer and and scissors and being able to do a service for a client and to make a, say, a young girl or a young guy feel cool because you gave them a special haircut or a special color or streak or some nice Mm -hmm. highlighting. I mean, what what we are and what we do is magic. It's special, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think you've got to find a way to... When a lot of times when I talk to students, I say, you know, there's such a difference between the first month student and the last month student. Mm-hmm. The first month student always looks good, always on time, takes good care of their kit, everything is clean, loves their instructors, loves their school, has a lot of respect, gets along with everybody. The last month student, they hate their kit. They can't wait to go out and buy new stuff. They think their instructors are idiots. They they say they're going to leave and they're never going to come back, which, which I did too. But I went back not only many times, but uh, I had an instructor. I think I shared the story with you that uh, I spoke with her every month for years and years and years mm-hmm. just to tell her because she was the one that said to me, you don't know this, Gino, but you're going to be great in this industry. You're going to come back here one day and you're going to teach these students how to do it. And I thought, boy, do I have her snowed. Uh, but then <laughs> as time went on, I did. I called her and said, I don't know what you saw, but boy, you know, you've got it. You you kept me there. You kept me in that place, right? Mm-hmm. I It really is such a testament to cosmetology school instructors because they mm-hmm. really are such a special part of this industry that I feel like they do not get enough credit for. Like they don't get enough credit. They don't get enough money. They don't get enough of, they don't get enough anything. I mean, I, I don't know how they do it. And then, you know, especially today, I mean, uh, you've got some students that really want to be there and some students that don't even know why they're there. And some students that just outright don't, there. I spoke at a school. I don't want to mention the school. I spoke at a school just a couple months ago. And uh, when I got through, I spoke for two hours. When I got through, they have a, a, a hairdressing and barber program. When I got through, the instructor said, those three barbers that talked to you have never said a word in this school to anyone. Wow. They've never spoken how did you do that? And I said, you know, I don't know. You just, you have faith in people. You believe in people. You give people the space to be who they are. But I thought to myself, why would you ever embark upon a career in beauty if you don't like to talk to people? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? It's true. I mean, my barber, when I was a kid, he was so entertaining. He always had a good joke. He always had a good story. You know, he was always, it was like, oh, wow, my haircut's done. I, I wish it took longer because I loved our conversations. And I don't know. It's crazy. I think people forget that this is really, it's a service industry. You mm-hmm. know, like we are there providing people this escape 
right? So you walk out looking and feeling great, but you have this really incredible time while you're in our chair and you have to be able to turn that on. So even if it's not, I call myself like an introverted extrovert. Um, cause I, yeah, I'm totally fine. Like reading like my book and being quiet and not traveling. Uh, but when you're at a show or when, you know, when you're speaking to a client, there has to be something there. You can't be dead in the eyes and be mm-hmm. like, cool, we're just going to like really silently, I'm going to cut your hair and I'm going to color it. And you're going to sit here for two and a half hours. No doubt. You know, <laughs> yeah. my, my biggest goal, Aaron, was, uh, how can I take them out of their world and bring them into my world for a little while and mm-hmm. just get them away from their stress, get them away from whatever's going on and just uh, have a little fun. And at the same time, make them look and feel beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's and you guys get it. I mean, I know you do that, too. What do you think the biggest obstacle that students are facing like right now where we're at, you know, as a country and and just as an industry like, what do you think, what do you think that is? Uh, here we go. <laughs> well, are we opening up a can of worms? <laughs> maybe a little bit. I, I get, I, I get on a rant with this. Okay. First, uh, our industry is evolving, changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say it's progressing, but it is, it is changing. We are fragmented. Um, there's a lot of different avenues. The good part is all of them seem to be working. So, uh, as an industry, uh, I think things are changing. Our world has changed so much COVID. We don't even know the effects yet of how many people don't know how to socialize and, and what that did having us be stuck home for two and a half years. But I do think the biggest problem is digital distraction. Mm-hmm. You're, you're living, you're living on your mm-hmm. phone yeah. and you're being, you're not only being distracted constantly, but you're being led to believe you're actually being led to believe that you're something different than you are because your phone learns what it needs to feed you. And then it yeah. feeds you that stuff. So my big thing is get out of your phone, shut your phone off, get away from social media, get into heart to heart. You know, get into people, help others and 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 be the best you that you can be every day. So I find that probably the biggest problem is and I don't want to say just social media, but it's your phone. And you can Mm -hmm. get I see students in 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 schools that are just locked into their telephones and God forbid they can't put something great on uh, YouTube or 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 Instagram or Facebook or which, by the way, you know, I just got I don't know if you tried to get me, but I just got hacked on Facebook. Oh, no. (laughs) And I I lost the war and I lost twenty five thousand followers. Wow. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting a new page and I'm going to start over again, but I'm not going to get that deep into it. You know, I kind of have reached a place now where I kind of feel like if you want me, you probably know how to get a hold of me. So get a hold of me and maybe we'll work together. But (laughs) if it's hard for you to get a hold of me, then I probably don't want to work with you anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and you're, I mean, you're so established in your career. So Annie and I manage social for a living, right? Like that's how we pay our mortgages. Um, and I think that the burnout is so real, you it's know, real. and, and I think all the time, like, gosh, if I, if I were just starting, um, as a newer stylist and 
and social is a huge, it's a huge job, right? To market yourself. Yeah. Um, how, and that's really how we built our course. How can we limit the amount of time that you have to spend so that you are still providing a ton of value for clientele and you are doing it for, you know, whatever your reason, if it's to put, you know, people in your chair, right? Um, but to limit the comparison, because I really think that comparison is the thief of joy. And, and I talk about it all the time where it's all like, Oh my God, are we doing enough? Are we not like, why are we even doing this? Like, what is what are we even doing anymore? Um, because it does, it really affects you mentally and psychologically. And we're old ladies. Like we are, we are well into our career and oh, I cannot yeah, imagine yeah. being like 18 and being like, I yeah. suck. Everything yeah. I do is trash. Yeah. yeah. And you know, too, keep in mind, you're both strong women. And I think a strong person, a lot of things can bounce off of, but a weaker person or a person who's experiencing some self-doubt or, or worry or wonder, mm-hmm. uh, social media can be detrimental to them. You know, they, they can take it serious. So I think a lot of people have to toughen up and realize that uh, it can be used for greatness. Uh, but if you allow it to, it, it, it can get you, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and take you on a ride. That might not be a good one. Not yeah. one you chose. <laughs> I always say, like when I'm talking to other people about social media, I always say, are you using social media as a tool to disassociate from your life? Or are you using social media as a way to connect with other people, with your audience, with your, with your goals, those kind of things, because they're so they're two very, very different things. And if you're using social, I I love what you're saying. Yeah, it's because yeah. if, if you're disconnecting with it, you're not going to reach your goals. Yeah. You use it as a tool to advance yeah. yourself for whatever whatever your purpose of being online is. Because I know that for a long time, just because Aaron and I do spend so much time on our phones and on social media, um, it, it was just becoming a dissociation. I wasn't actually doing what I was supposed to be doing with it. I was just scrolling and you know it's easy. <laughs> leaving my, it's easy. my moment it, it, it locks you in you know it's Absolutely. easy like that's what it what it's trying to do trying to t- take you away and lock you in the next thing i mean i get on amazon sometimes and, and <laughs> amazon locks me in yeah. i mean I, I end up in the middle of the night on amazon and and i have to wait until the next day to find out what i bought oh gosh <laughs> i can't remember you know? like christmas every day <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, I have gone down that same rabbit hole. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, you know, uh, what you guys do is wonderful uh, right from the start. I mean, uh, anytime you can make a contribution uh, to our industry in any way, shape or form, uh, I value that. I think it's something that we all should do all the time. And when I teach other trainers, I always say to them, if you put your heart first, the money will always follow. Yes. Don't go out there thinking you want to be rich or go out there look just 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 put your heart first and and everything else will follow the happiness the fulfillment the money so I think that's important and and I think if you do that in beauty school uh it will enable you to uh, get more from the day you know mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. versus letting the day slide by because it's an easy place to hide 
You know, you can hide anytime you want. There's always a wall somewhere that you can hide behind, but there's always something to do. You can work on each other. You can work on clients when you get out in the clinic. You can learn about product knowledge. I mean, now the podcasts, the videos, I mean, I've been watching uh, Philip Wilson from Wilson Collective Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. a couple of phenomenal haircuts. And and I'm just like, I'm lost. I mean, Philip's a dear friend. And when he, he comes to stay at the house and I'll always say to him, God, if I could ever learn, and I don't even want to learn now, but if I could ever learn to master shears in a comb like you do, God only knows where I would go. I mean, I still see clients that say, you know, we never found anybody quite like you. And I always laugh and say, you're kidding, right? Because I never (laughs) knew what I was doing. (laughs) I think that Philip is someone worth mentioning, too, um, because the, the cutting that he does is so different right yeah. like the alternative haircutting that he does um and i think that that is such a cool thing for every student or new professional to at least witness so if you are not following him definitely do that we'll put we'll put a link to his stuff oh, um, in the bio yeah. because it, and he's really fun philip is really yeah. fun he's a fun educator um and yeah just a phenomenal talent some some of the best like bobs that i've ever had in my life uh came from <laughs> came from his cutting system so you know what too uh he his cutting system differentiates you Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. see it on the floor and they're like oh wow you know that's cool that's different you know Mm -hmm. that's exciting and i think that that it's important to be thinking about uh, as a matter of fact i i just shared with fallon i sent her a couple of notes because she's speaking for an hour at beacon i just sent her a note and said i want you to think about what words will you use to inspire your audience? I want to know what those words are. And how will you differentiate yourself? How will how will, will a student at the end of the day who saw six speakers say, oh, well, mm-hmm. they were great, but boy, Fallon really rocked me or got to my heart, or, which is what I'm always thinking about. You know, how, mm-hmm. do, how, do I, how can I be the one? I, I have to say, I don't think I have ever been in a room where you Gino have been speaking and I left with not crying. Like every time I cry right now, yes, like, it's just like, I am always so inspired, like getting to hear like anytime from the, the, the first time I saw you, which was when the, it was one of the very first times Aaron and I were doing press coverage together, um, for hair nerds and we were doing beacon coverage and we Mm -hmm. got to go in and I got to watch your whole presentation. And I was maybe what a year out of school, Aaron, I was still very, very, very early in my career. And I just remember being like, Whoa, (laughs) like, what did I just get myself into? And Cause it was very powerful. And I, from that same feeling I had every time I ever got to, to witness you. Well, you made my day. People, like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. the goal. That's the goal. Now, are you going to be at Beacon this year? No, unfortunately. We're not. we're not only because we're going to Tokyo, like a week and a half later. And we're taking a, a ton of um, hairdressers to Tokyo for eight wow. days. And so yeah. um, we are, we're taking a small break, but we're so excited to hear about how Anaheim is and mm-hmm. what that looks like. Me um, too. It's been really I'm weird looking... kind of going back to shows. 
I'm like, oh my God, do I have, do I have anything besides like yoga pants? Do I have real clothes? <laughs> um, which actually brings me to one of my favorite things that Gino's ever taught me. And it's, it's a fashion something, um, which I think is so great. Right. And I just remember you saying like that you had, you know, you had like a, a handful of suits that you wore at shows and you just wore them all the time because you felt confident in them. You felt great in them. And you knew that if you put that suit on, you could go to your job and, and everything else was going to be fine. Right. All you had to yeah. focus on was your job. And so literally all the time I'm like, Annie, okay. Like capsule wardrobe for mm-hmm. our shows. Like we just need, we need a couple of dresses that we love that we feel great in. And we just, and so now instead of buying a whole new wardrobe before every show, which is what we were doing before in our credit <laughs> cards were crying. Yes. Um, now we have a handful of things that we love mm-hmm. and we just, we just keep rewearing them. You yeah, know? I love, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. And you know what's funny? People just don't realize what a difference it makes if you love what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. It makes everything about you different. It makes your mm-hmm. attitude different. It makes how you talk different. How you greet I people. Stand. How you smile. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I don't even know what got me into it from the start. But a lot of times, if I'm working with a salon for two days. On the second day, sometimes uh, some, one of the stylists will say, did you wear that shirt yesterday? And I'm like, no, I have five of that shirt yes. and, I have five, <laughs> and I have five of these vests and I have five of these black pants. And usually whenever you see me, I'm in black pants with a black vest with a Robert Graham shirt on, you know, that's mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much what I do. Yeah. And then it makes it easy because you can dedicate yourself, your mind, your energy to your work. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So Gina Stampora, fashion advisor, um, but also (laughs) giving you permission to go out and find those pieces that you love. I mean, it really has changed the the way we travel. Mm -hmm. It's changed the way um, we think about things because you don't, you just, you don't have to, and I think it's women too, um, not to like put like gender stereotypes or whatever, but I think, you know, we, I tend to obsess like, well, you know, I don't know, am I going to be comfortable in this? And am I going to feel okay? And so it, it really did. It changed the game to just find things that, that were great. I just mm-hmm. knew they were great. I knew they fit me. Hopefully they still fit me after the pandemic of being home for two years. I and understand. Like, I'll tell you I wanted, but yeah. Um, yeah, it might be time to size up. Gearing up for Beacon and gearing up for the upcoming, I think I've got four or five events in the next couple months. Mm-hmm. I've been down in my workout room. I haven't been there in years. <laughs> I had to clear the dust off and I'm back on the treadmill and I'm like, the clothes oh, off if, of them. Mm-hmm. if I can just lose eight pounds, I can fit in that favorite suit because I don't want to buy a new one because right. I tend to get in the habit of I gain 10 pounds, I buy a new pair of pants, gain 10 more, I buy a new pair of pants. And now I'm like, I'm, I am not going down that road. You know, yeah. but I, I, I know that we don't have a whole lot of time. And I just wanted to share with you that you you made a very interesting statement about that one thing that we shared, which was uh, where what you like, where what's comfortable, where what makes mm-hmm. you feel good. I think a lot of times student don't, students don't realize, young professionals don't realize, surround yourself with great people that share mm-hmm. those kind of thoughts and ideas with you. And yes. always be looking for uh, what's the one thing I can really grasp just even from our time today? What's the one thing I got that I'm going to take with me from now on? I saw a speaker many, many years ago, and he said to me, you know, you you have a habit of getting through the day. 
And I said, I sure do. And he said, I want you to think about getting from the day. How can you learn how to get from every day and never have a day where, wow, I made it. I got through the day. And that one thing has never left me. It's been in my head ever since. How do I get from today? Who will I meet today that will make a difference? Uh, What will I contribute today that would Mm -hmm. make a difference? How do you learn how to get from? So Tokyo, what are you going to Tokyo for? (laughs) For a hair venture. Yeah. So we're going to, we're visiting a cosmetology school in Tokyo and taking, um, we're taking hairdressers with us and touring and getting a ton of inspiration, but also visiting um, celebrity salons there and working with students for a day. And I mean, you've seen them roll these perms in like 10 minutes. Um, I'm just really like exposing people to the industry outside of the U.S. I love um, it. You know, and these are our, these are our brothers and sisters. Um, they're just in a different country and they're doing the same things and experiencing the same things, but um, really kind of taking a look at the industry as a whole. So it's, it's traveling from a hair nerd perspective. Yeah. I love it. That's wonderful. And you know what? Japan's a great place to travel to because mm-hmm. they really understand mastery. And yes. they they try hard to become masters at what they do. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but to be a master, oh, let me see if I can get this right. To be a master electrician in America takes eight years. Wow. Mm-hmm. To be a master electrician in Japan, I think I have it right. You have to be in it for your whole life, and so has your father and grandfather. And then you're considered a master. So when you look at, I mean, I've got some uh, uh, some Japanese friends that that are uh, hairdressers deep into beauty, and of course, Mm -hmm. uh, what reminds me of my old friend Yoshitoya. And Mm -hmm. uh, Yosh, you probably know, came here Mm -hmm. to be a gardener in America. Yeah, yes, and then ended up going to beauty school and becoming. Incredible. It was off the charts. Incredible. The thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you see, they understand that you don't wrap 20 perms and become great at it. Right. You wrap mm-hmm. 2000 and become mm-hmm. great at it. So yeah. you just keep wrapping till you're great. You, you do the haircut till you're great. You know, I used to say to some of my younger staff that would be nervous about a men's haircut, I'd say to them, just do it. And after you do it a hundred or 200 times, it'll all come to you. Mm-hmm. It, every time you do it, it'll get a little easier, a little faster, a little better. And it'll all just, some things just take workmanship experience, you know, yeah. working your way through. Repeat your way to greatness. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you know, we're here, we're here talking, and I'm in my office. I have to share with you. Uh, just on the other side, up here, back here, you can see all my books and junk and stuff. But mm-hmm. up on this side is my esteemed bulletin board. Uh, uh, there's notes up there from Dan Aykroyd, Van Halen, uh, Vidal Sassoon. Uh, 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 my, uh, oh, God, I can't think of his name, but I will. But there's a note right in the middle, a pink stick it, n- stick them notepad, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it says all things good. And that was a message from my friend Yoshitoya, who every time Yosh was getting an award, he would ask me if I would give him the award. And one time when we had two shows in Chicago at the same time, I couldn't be at his show. And I just said to him, just off the cuff, I said, Yosh, why always 
me. He said, oh, Gino, you good person, big heart, never mm -hmm. talk bad about anyone. You good boy, you good boy. And I like to have you around me. I like to be with you. Gino, you're all things good. And I oh. thought, oh, wow, I am going to write that down, put it right <laughs> on my bulletin board. And I'll tell you, it's a great thing. Students, I mean, stop and think for a minute. When we communicate, you are what you share. Mm -hmm. What you're sharing with all the other students is all they know about you. So be guarded at what you share. Remember that some things you think about are only meant for you. And when you talk to anyone, try to be known for all things good. Oh, good. Right? So, oh. so what you share is good stuff. Not, oh, my God, the, the country's going to hell. Oh, COVID. Right. Oh, no, you know. Negative. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Don't be a negative Nancy. No, no, it's all good. That. All good. <laughs> all right. I think, I think that's honestly the best way to... And this episode today is yeah. like with all just, you know, that, that bit, a little bit of Gino that just like touches your heart every time. Well, thank <laughs> you. You guys are wonderful. It's always a pleasure. I'm proud of you and I'm proud of what you do. I'm, I'm sorry. I won't see you this year at Beacon. I'd like to mention to all the students that are on this podcast, please look at the professional beauty association mm -hmm. and get Beacon the opportunity for Beacon involved in your academies. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. God bless you. Peace. Yes. Thank you so much, Gino. I, I can't, I can't say thank you enough and, and let you know how much we appreciate this, this bit of your time today. Anything for you too, anytime you want <laughs> safe travels in Tokyo. Thank you. Yes. And thank you for everyone that was listening to this week's episode. Um, definitely please leave a comment down below. You can listen to this on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon music, and we will see you all next week. Fantastic. Bye, <laughs> Bye. everyone. Thank you. <laughs>